OTAs are officially underway. Which players were in attendance? What is head coach Cliff Kingsbury aiming to get out of this week? That, along with some exciting breaking news that will give Cardinals fans a behind-the-scenes look throughout the entire season. Episode 568 of Cardinals Cover 2 starts right now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Voluntary OTAs are officially underway. Who was out there and who wasn't? We're going to talk about what we saw out at practice earlier this morning, along with some fun breaking news for Cardinals fans. Uh, Behind the scenes, all access look this season. We're going to touch on a whole lot of things on this episode of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Alongside Mike Jarecki, I am Danny Sreck filling in for Craig Grealoux, and I'd have to say in the first 10 seconds, I'm doing a pretty fine job, if I do say so myself. Oh, you're going to be fine. <laughs> we, we've done a few shows together. We're going to do the Red Sea Report, so you, you're a pro, and uh, I appreciate you filling in. And it was nice to be out there. Um, you know, normally you're out there for 30 minutes, but the Cardinals allowed us to stay out there the entire practice. Obviously, you can't tweet or report. But it was just nice to be out there. And, you know, last week we got a chance to see the rookies, and today we got to see the veterans. And, you know, obviously the news is who's not here. But, you know, it's interesting when we got a chance to talk to certain players today, whether it was Buda Baker, Antoine Wesley, or even Zach Ertz, where everyone's a little bit different. And this is the ramp-up period, you know, because Zach said there's things that he can work on tomorrow. So, and listen, the elephant in the room is Kyler Murray, and we know that he's working out. The, the, the good news, Danny, is I'm told that everyone's been in communication with each other. So when you see that tweet this morning, it was to be expected. Now, Cliff also followed up. He will be here from mandatory uh, minicamp. And so, listen, Kyler, he usually posts stuff on his, his Instagram stories. He's working out. It's just you, you like to have everyone here, but, again, it, it, he, I think there's the elephant in the room about you know, he wants that long-term deal. And again, at least they're all on the same page where when the season was under, there was a lot of noise out there. Right. That's that's the big news of OTAs that quarterback Kyler Murray was now not out on the field. But you're right. It's not much of a surprise, which with, with things we've been hearing up until this point. And I do want to remind everybody listening that these OTAs are voluntary. So we know that Kyler Murray has been working out in Dallas. This is not some sort of stunt necessarily that he's doing and he's not working out or anything of that nature. And he's been working out with Hollywood Brown. So we know that Kyler's been working. I also think it's important to mention that Kyler Murray is not the only veteran who is not out on the field. You're kidding. Shocking, I know. And again, (laughs) voluntary. So there were other players, whether that's for their own reason in working out, whether they are rehabbing something or they're just, you know, still taking a little bit of time, recovering from last season, whatever it might be. Kyler Murray was not the only veteran not out on the field. So I do think that is important to remind everybody that this is not, oh, Kyler Murray is not committed. He's a bad leader. He doesn't care about the team. He doesn't want to win. It's not any of those things. And, well, I mean, and he's, he's not the only quarterback and, that's not out at his team's voluntary OTA. Yeah, and, and I really don't take attention anymore when it comes to uh, attendance, I should say. I mean, you want to see who's out there. It's just because it gives us stuff to talk about, but... I can tell you this, he was not the only starter that wasn't on the field today, and you know that. And that's, personally, that's not a concern to me. Would it be great 
to see him out on the field. Of course, Cliff Kingsbury says that all the time. He's like, I, I wish we could have more time, right? This is just the time we're allotted. So, of course, you want to see your quarterback out on the field for a multitude of reasons. However, I'm not concerned that he's not here at voluntary OTAs in terms of his leadership. Will he be ready? Any of that sort of stuff. Well, it's not like he's in Cabo right now. Right. I mean, he's working out, and he has his father's his quarterback's coach, and he has other receivers to throw to. And a lot of people say, why does he lift a ton of weights? Well, when you're a dual-threat quarterback, your lower torso, your, your, your frame, you have to be strong to be able to – make that throw in the pocket, be able to make uh, the run when, when the things break down. So he puts the work, and I'm never questioning his work ethic. It's just a matter of him, you know, being that leader and getting a chance to work with Colt McCoy. And I, I do think with uh, Spencer Whipple and you throw in Cam Turner being co-passing coordinators, you know, he's really close to Cam. We know how Spencer Whipple really came up with a great game plan, even though Kingsbury put the game plan together. It was by committee collaboration. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of Kyler's best games. I think he improvised a little bit more. You had Sean Kluger down there. You had Sean Jefferson. You had Colt McCoy. So it was a collaboration. But, yeah, I mean, listen, there's different leaders out there. And to me, if he leads his team like we all think he can, then people will follow. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's a great leader, but I don't want him as my starting quarterback. Right. And another thing, too, is OTAs are very important. But Kingsbury said himself this morning that the main reason to have OTAs, the importance of them, are mental reps. So that's the importance of you really want your younger players, not just your rookies, but year two, year three, even maybe players who aren't necessarily starters, you know, they're lower on the depth chart. That's what OTAs are for, are those mental reps. And even though Kyler wasn't out on the field, you have a plethora of different leaders on all three sides of the ball out there, right? You've got Buda Baker, you've got JJ Watt, you've got your offensive linemen that were out there, right? Like uh, AJ Green was out there. There is just no concern personally for me of Kyler Murray not being out there because I think the team is still getting out of this what they want. Yeah, and and the fact is, you know, according to Schefter's tweet, it it was going to be this week, but according to Kingsbury, he will be here. Now it is mandatory, and like I said, he's the last guy I worry about. Um, You know, eventually he'll have to be here, and then, you know – I don't think this is because he doesn't have a new contract. This is his off season. This is what's gone on. And this year it's a little bit different because we don't have COVID and all the protocols where, listen, you know, watching Zayvon Collins out there, I mean, it's important for Zayvon Collins to be out there now because it was growing pains last year and he's expected to be a starter. And I like the way he's flying around with Isaiah Simmons. And then you look at Buda Baker and J.J. Watt, they're kind of the leaders of that defense. And one guy that I'm really impressed with, and I think he's getting more and more comfortable, and you probably picked up on this during the press conference, is Zach Ertz. I think he could be a captain this year, and I don't know how that affects Hopkins because he's been, he's going to miss his first six games. But he's more comfortable. Um, you know, he, His situation, he says, is a little bit different. I've signed a three-year deal. I am all in, so that's why I'm here. Where in Philadelphia, maybe he stayed away because he knew he was going to be traded. So everyone's a little bit different. But I just like the leadership on this team, and, and, and I, I like the way the uh, the staff is. These guys have good tempo in practice. Nobody's really sitting around. You've got 85, 90 bodies out there. And one guy that really sticks out to me so far, and we got a chance to see him coach his position today, is Matt Burke. I like Brinson Buckner. Um, obviously, he got a job in Jacksonville. I know the Cardinals did want to retain him. But Matt Burke, to me, it's t- really, when I look at this, Danny, a different voice is not a bad thing. On the defensive line. Defensive, defensive line, coach, right. exactly. And he's new. He obviously you know, cut his teeth around, and I asked Cliff, he said, intelligent, and I'm seeing new drills. 
And, and that's good because, you know, again, they say you can skin a cat a couple different ways. But here, you, I think a new voice, because, yeah, you know, Jordan Phillips was a disappointment, Robert Camdiche, and I'm not putting it on Buck, but you guys got to be able to believe that. And when I asked that question about Matt Burke, the first person he mentioned was J.J. He was very happy, J.J. Watt, because now you I got a different voice. It doesn't hurt. And I, I think it's, you know, we know that this team last year got gashed in the run game and obviously having a healthy J.J. Watt, you know, they need Rashard Lawrence and, and, and Lucky Foto to step up, Michael Dogby. Um, I, th- I like Ke- um, Kiki. I think he's bringing some, Kiki. Yeah, bringing some veteran signing, presence yes. from the pan- uh, I still think they're going to have to address the nose tackle because right now you only have really one, and that's Rashard Lawrence. So they're, I like what the coaches are doing because when you have six tryout players make it and get invited to this next part, coaches are always looking for a diamond in a rough. What the Cardinals are doing here is they're taking the roster from 80 to 90, and whoever that last player is at that position, they're trying to upgrade that. So I give the coaching staff because they all want to find a diamond in the rough, and here they were open to saying, hey, we'll move on from this guy because we think this guy's got more upside. So I think I, I like what they're doing, and that's what Steve's always done. Um, whoever the last guy is, you just keep turning that roster over, and that's how you get better because, you know, going into the season, I thought they had a lot of depth, and then all of a sudden you missed J.J. Watt. Phillips was on the shelf. Kyler was injured. And all of a sudden, that depth was questioned. And now you're relying on rookies, you know, like Marco Wilson. And, you know, Robert Alford, I thought, was their best uh, physical corner. And he would have been a matchup on Odell Beckham in that playoff game. I don't know if we would, Cardinals would have won. Uh, if the Cardinals beat the Seahawks in Week 18, they're hosting that game. I think it's a little bit different. But Right, Alford was out with that injury. Yeah, it's just – yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it was obvious when they missed Hop, but – I'm I'm more confident now that they have plenty of time to get this figured out in the first six games. And you're going to hear a lot about 12 personnel because of the trade McBride and Max Williams. And then I think they should shorten the game and run the football. They, you know, they got a good one-two punch depending on who the backup is. I like Keontae Ingram from USC. I think Jonathan Ward's more of a special teams player. Eno Benjamin, he's got to play on special teams. Jalen Samuels, and I think they'll add another running back here. But you got to figure out a way, but I like the fact that, it, you know, you're not waking up in September and you hear that Hobbs out for six weeks. Now you're scrambling. Right. The way that the offense struggled, which Kingsbury admitted to last season when they did not have Hopkins, that was all making changes throughout the season. And now you have plenty of time to game plan for that. So my standards are definitely higher not having Hopkins on the field for this team than it was last season. You mentioned Zach Ertz taking lead this year, and I think that's a sneaky player because you think about – you know, year two, year three players, someone like Rondell Moore really stepping up. And those are the players we talk about. But Ertz is a great player as well because he didn't even have a full season last year after being traded. So I think you're right. He autom- he had that chemistry right off the bat with Kyler Murray. And I think him playing 12 personnel with Max Williams, if he's healthy, if not Trey McBride, who is more of that blocking tight end, I think will be a really great pair. OTAs is... For us, at least on the side, it appears like more of the light work, right? There, There's not intense practicing going on. Again, it's more about those mental reps. So taking that into consideration, let's make it a little broad and say new Cardinals players, whether that's rookies, whether that's free agency signings, anybody new to a Cardinals jersey today, who was it nice to kind of see out in the field? Or maybe it was like, oh, he looks a little faster than I thought, or oh, he's a little taller than I thought. You know, who kind of stood out to you that would be a new Cardinal that you saw on the field today? Uh, Nick Vigil. 
and he's an underrated signing. And obviously, they moved on from Jordan Hicks, and they actually switched uh, teams. Jordan Hicks is with the Vikings now, and and I know that Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins are going to be your inside linebackers. And I think when you look at a guy like uh, Kennard, he's probably more of a first and second down linebacker, where he gets set the edge. But I think we're going to see all three of those linebackers on the field, along with possibly Marcus Golden, and then we'll see how many of these rookies and some of these uh, you know other guys step up. But yeah, I mean, I, I he he, I read about him, and you know, he probably didn't. Fans were you know they were getting antsy. We didn't sign anybody. The whole idea was to re-sign your own players. This team was seven and zero last year, ten and two, and you can't re-sign everyone. Obviously, Chandler moved on, Christian Kirk moved on, Chase Edmonds, and those guys are going to be hard to replace. But I I like where Rondell Moore is. I think bringing AJ Green back is, it was huge because now all of a sudden doesn't put a ton of pressure on Antoine Wesley, and really. Hollywood Brown, I mean, you could see Zach Ertz, the way he talked. He, he said, I've never played with a guy like this before. Now, Ertz, you know, again, I don't want to go back to that Rams game, but with Eric Weddle coming out of retirement, I would have thought they would have targeted him, and I'm not exaggerating, 15 times in that game. But when you're down 21 nothing, you go four, three and outs, it's hard. to. There's not one possession you can score those points. But he is a mismatch. You can, line, you can go four wide, okay, you get three wide receivers, and have Ertz in the slot. And one thing he told us last year, you know, because he's really savvy, he watches a ton of film, he takes care of his body, is that in the first quarter he'll run a route, but in the fourth quarter I'm going to change that route because now I see some tendencies. So he's really high on football IQ. And I've made this comment a few times. I think when it comes to James Conner, Zach Ertz, Colt McCoy, um, all these guys that have been here for a year, A.J. Green, you're going to see them more comfortable. You, know, you go to a new team and you're J.J. Watt, you know, you got people respect them and they would look how they work. But year two, and that's the reason why they retain a lot of these players because they feel comfortable. Yeah, you'd like to go out and spend big money in free agency, but we know that's fool's gold. I mean, it, you know, Jackson went out and spent a ton of money. Uh, obviously, they're building for the future. How many games are going to win this year? So the Cardinals have more intel when it came to their own players. And I do like some of these uh, undrafted um, uh, free agents. Uh, there's a couple wide receivers out there, 33. Um, th- that guy can fly. And I think you, c- you can never have enough depth on this roster. So I think they brought in two or three wide receivers, um, obviously an offense lineman, and then uh, a running back who I really like, uh, uh, Ronnie Rivers. His father played in the league. He looks like David Metcalf. Uh, Megan out there, he, and we're seeing other guys. And, and I know Cliff really likes Greg Dorch. I thought Dorch to me today looked like he has grown a little bit from not so much from getting uh, faster, but just a little bit stronger, more assertive of himself. I was watching him catch punts, and you know, last year you're kind of you know looking for the ball, and here it's in the sun. So Dorch is a guy that you know, and then Antoine Wesley. I mean, the fact that he played for Kingsbury, Kyler trusts him. He's a big target. So it's going to be interesting just how they how they utilize this receiving core because uh, I still think that they may have to go out and try to get another one, you know, maybe short term. I don't know if that's OBJ because he won't be ready for November. De- uh, Des Bryant, he hasn't played in a couple years. So I, I wouldn't think, but I, that's why I'm leaning with more 12 personnel and running the football and make sure your defense is stout because when this team was rolling on the road, they were forcing a ton of turnovers, and we didn't see that late in the season. This wide receivers core has a lot of consistency, really with the exception of Christian Kirk, who is now with Jacksonville after signing with them in free agency. The coaching staff has a lot of consistency as well, which is very helpful. The defense, there are a few key players 
and that's enough to make a big difference you would expect on defense. There's no Chandler Jones, no Jordan Hicks, who was calling the defense right. We're expecting that to now be Zayvon Collins as he's heading into year two. Um, Buda Baker, when he was talking to the media today, was saying he's going to put a lot of that leadership on his shoulders as a veteran, as Pro Bowl player who's, you know, proven himself and his abilities. And it is interesting because you wonder if you really only truly lost those big names of Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. Should you be super concerned if the defense really hasn't had that much shaking up? Now, those were still big time players, playmakers on this defense. So are you concerned, though, of what this defense could do on the field? I know it's early. But just, you know, looking at the different faces on defense, I mean, what is your level of confidence, I guess, of what you would expect from them this far out? Well, I mean, we need to see the growth of Zayvon Collins. You know, I'm a big Chandler Jones fan, and, you know, you're not going to be at a place where a guy that's had a, you know, he had a great career with the Cardinals, one of the better trades they made under Steve Kimes. But he disappeared a lot last year. And, you know, obviously he was going into a contract year. I mean, the way he started. And, and sometimes, you know, we get fixated on sacks, but it's always really about hurries, pressures, and knockdowns, getting that quarterback off his spot. Uh, I think Rondell Moore can replace Christian Kirk. I think he may have more upside, up, you know, just from a, a speed standpoint. And Jordan Hicks, I mean, in fairness to him, he played a lot. He got everyone lined up, and he, and he was one of the best players in training camp last year, so he earned the job. But a lot of those tackles were five or six yards down the line of scrimmage, and that's not on him. That's on the front when you lose a J.J. Watt, and Jordan Phillips, you know, is not able to play week in and week out. So um, I think Vance, we know, I think you've learned it since you've been here. Vance is going to come up with schemes. And, you know, does he really – I think he really wants to play man-to-man press. And when I look at these cornerbacks, and it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if Robert Alford is on the radar, he's still a free agent, but – if, if I had a guess right now, Danny, I would look at the good news. Antonio Hamilton, Byron Murphy, and Jeff Gladney could all play inside and outside, okay? And Murphy's natural position is probably on the inside. And Marco Wilson is strictly an outside guy. Alford's an outside guy. So if, you, if they had a lineup tomorrow, I would think their three cornerbacks would be Murphy in the slot, Marco on the left side, and then Jeff Gladney on the other side. And then – you have Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, so um, you can never have enough depth. And then Antonio Hamilton, you know, he was throwing the mix last year with Borders, and he's really a good special teams player. So we all know if you're not starting, you got to play on special teams. You know, speaking of Buda Baker, <laughs> you you know where I'm going, <laughs> clearly. Um, Buda tweeted recently that he went to a bar by himself one night. That that was all. It, that's all he tweeted. And it was brought up at the end of the press conference today. Somebody asking, you know, did you make any friends? Did you have a good time? And I think he caught all of us off guard because he said, yeah, I sat at the bar. I drank a lot of water and, you know, I I made some friends. But, you know, I told them all my name was James. And we were like, what? 
like nobody recognized you. He was like, no, it was dark. I told him my name was James. And someone was, well, if your name was James, what was your profession? He's like, yeah, you asked that. He was a great question because he's like, well, you know, I didn't get to that part in a conversation with anybody, but I think my answer would have been a dentist. And he had all of us cracking up. Oh, I mean, like, great. can you imagine like if you, you go up to a, you're go up to this guy, you're having conversation with him at the bar and it's Buddha Baker, but he tells you his name he's is James, James and he's a dentist. First thing you look at is his teeth. He has good teeth, though, oh, so very, I, I very feel good. like that yeah. would yes. I would maybe believe that. <laughs> yeah. I just find it hard Usually to believe. Usually a dentist is like 40 years old, though, right? Right? Yeah. No, he does not look 40. <laughs> He's not anywhere near 40. I just think it's funny that, like, I feel like maybe that's just because we're so in the middle of all this, that Buddha, who is one of the most social and charismatic players on this team, does so much content with us and on his own that, like, he would go to a bar. I mean, this guy, he's been an all-pro player. He's gone to the Pro Bowl. I mean, he's one guy that can do the flip. I mean, he talked about the injury last year. It was obviously, you know, very scary, but he remembers everything. Yeah, I mean, Buddha's he's, to me, Buddha's really the glue of the defense. You know, Chandler, you know, I thought Marcus Golden's kind of uh, the energy Marcus Golden brings the energy. Buddha, to me, is is the glue of this defense. And to me, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I got the impression that maybe because Chandler was here, um, you know, he knew his, his, his position. And really it's layers, D-line, J.J., linebacker, and then D.B.'s. But it sounds like he's going to be a little more vocal this year. Did you get that impression? I did get that impression, yeah. And, and Buddha was saying that, you know, that they – you know, safeties call themselves quarterbacks of the defense from where they line up and what they're able to see and just being able to really communicate, especially with two young inside linebackers and Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons of, are we seeing the right things? Are we making the right calls and working cohesively as a defense? And I definitely got that same vibe of, it almost seems like how much more can Buddha put on his shoulders because he's always been a leader and always leading by example. And he said, you know, he can handle that. He knows that he has to step up, especially after losing Chandler Jones in free agency. There was some exciting news that broke this morning. I was surprised. Did you know about this? No, nobody knows about this. Okay, I'm just saying, like, you know, you hear things, but I I, did, I woke up and I'm like, the wow. Secret, the secret was well kept. Um, the Arizona Cardinals will be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks this season. So last year was the first year Hard Knocks did an in-season team with the Indianapolis Colts. They always do a preseason where they're following throughout training camp and preseason. And this year it's the Detroit Lions. And then the Colts were the first in-season team last year. And this year it's going to be the Cardinals. So NFL Films will be out here. Now the first episode doesn't come out until November, week eight. Um, but it's going to be exciting because cameras and meeting rooms and getting to know players off the field a little bit more and a whole different access that even though we get amazing access internally as our media department team, NFL Films is going to be able to get stuff that we aren't, which I think is really great for everybody involved. And Cliff Kingsbury at the podium had some really great answers about this. You know, of course, this is great for the brand and the organization and getting more eyeballs on this and getting to know the players and the coaching staff on and off the field and shedding some light on all of that. And there were pros and cons, I think, that come to this. And, you know, when somebody asked Cliff, um, who do you think the standout star would be? He was just as funny as Buddha. (laughs) 
because Kingsbury said, you know, I would love for them to follow D-Hop around those six weeks he suspended and got to keep me in the loop, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was pretty clever. Yes. I don't think they will, but Uh, I think that is great hope. Yes, yes. The thing is, um, back when the Cardinals made their run, when they finished 13-3 and and then obviously it didn't work out in Carolina, you were able to see NFL films out here a lot. Now, I know this, and we'll get a chance to maybe talk to Drew Stanton, who may join us tomorrow, is that Carson Palmer and the quarterbacks did not want any cameras in their room. So there's there's stipulations there. Right. There's limit. The team is allowed to, at the end of the day, say yes or no to things. Right. Now, personality-wise, they were in the defensive backs room. Tyron Matthews, Gerard Powers, Rashad Johnson, they had a lot of personality. So it was good, and there was times when things weren't going well, and Matthew would get up there. So, it'd be, but I, I couldn't agree more. We we see a, a face in, behind a face mask, a, a jersey number, height, weight, what, what school he went to. Now you're, you're going to need more personalities, and the branding is going to be great. Now, uh, we were informed today when uh, the Colts got off to a slow start. Once they started opening up those cameras for the for the team, they started winning. And we should have beat them, or the Cardinals should have beat them on Christmas night. So, and then, all or nothing, it was so sad because you're 60 minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. And you could just see the players in that locker room because it's hard to get there and give Cam Newton. He played really well in that in that game, but... Now, for the Colts, they lost the last game to the Jaguars. And that was riveting television. Just because here they're on this little roll once they started, you know, opening the, uh, the cameras in there. And they lose to the Jaguars. It's just so heartbreaking. And Kingsbury said, you know, in his experience, whenever the cameras are on, everyone kind of takes it up another notch. So what might seem as a con of constantly having cameras in your face might be a pro for this team, especially coming off the year where they had the slide they did at the end of the season, maybe having those cameras and every week people watching you on national television. Maybe that's, you know, a little extra boost of finishing maybe a little stronger, you know, trying something new, whatever, something new, whatever it takes, because we know that, you know, if this team gets off to a good start, people are going to wait till December. And I get it. I mean, to a man, I've talked to coaches, they feel like, you know, injuries were part of it, but they felt like you know, you gotta you gotta adapt. Uh, if, if you're missing Hopkins, you gotta you you have to adjust and adapt. But I know they had a deep dive after the season, and we can't predict what's going to happen just based on the schedule and who's healthy or not. But you, you got to be playing your best football going into the postseason, and that wasn't the case. And again, JJ Watt missed a ton of time. Hop wasn't out there, and those are two guys that you relying on on game day. So I think it's great and. You know, Michael Bidwell does a great job with the with, with the organization, so I, I'm glad that the Cardinals got picked. And now we're going to see stuff just no different than the flight plan. Right, right, Cardinals flight plan, and you can check out all those episodes. Great, great behind the scenes. So there's been, uh, I think, we, three episodes yeah. out so far. And covering... we work here, excuse me, and we don't we don't hear those calls on draft right. day. Right, right, yeah, great behind the scenes. Yeah, so and be... this is going to be on steroids because you got right. NFL films. Right, a lot more cameras, yeah. And there are players who have experience, which is going to be helpful because they're veterans on the field, and they have experience in these situations. J.J. Watt with the Texans, with – Hard knocks. Zach Ertz with the Eagles with all or nothing. Um, the Cardinals in 2015 were on all or nothing. DJ Humphreys and Marcus Golden were both on the team then. So there's still some experience of 
you have some players here who kind of understand having the cameras and, you know, maybe different comfort levels or opening up a little bit. You have players, handful of players in the locker room, players who haven't experienced that they can go to them. Hey, you know, this, they got me saying this, or can I say this? You know, things like that. How about, how about Antoine Wesley? He, he, everyone, I, th- I think it was Tyler Drake. He was asking who's going to be the star. and He, first, <laughs> he goes, probably me. <laughs> Which, you know what? He's not, he might not be wrong. Tweezy's got a really fun personality. Oh, he does. No, he likes I, to dance a lot. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he's played for Kingsbury and Kyler trusts him, I mean, he's he's going to be on the roster. I got to think it's Hop, Kyler, what, yeah. J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. But I, I want to think about maybe not those big players right. who jump out to you because right on, away. Because on hard knocks, usually it's a guy that's been an undrafted free agent. Yes, and or a, a late draft. Late round, draft pick. Right. Well, all of a sudden, you're starting to see him make strides in training camp, and he's competing right. for a job. Right, so like I think of maybe like D.B. Christian Matthew, who had that story of, you know, he was almost giving up his dreams of playing in the NFL and was going to take a managerial job that's a with great- Walmart. Yes, I mean, he, he was so close. I mean, he actually was... It was his girlfriend and his mom who convinced him to give football a shot, and now look at him. That, to me, would be, a, if that works out, a great storyline. Yeah. If, if HBO's listening, there is your intel. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it was a great story. And the fact that he's 25 years old, he ran out of eligibility, so he had to go play at a small school. And I'll tell you what, I love his size, 6'2", 195. I mean, that's a tall drink of water. And in this day and age, you need you need cornerbacks that can not only cover but also be able to get pass defenses. When you have those long arms, it's easy to – not easy, but you can put yourself in position to defend the ball versus letting it go over your head. So that is, that's a good call because we didn't know anything about that until we got a chance to interview him. Yeah, and I think coaching staff too, that's really important of, you know, giving them their flowers. And, you know, th- they work very hard at their jobs. And so I love that idea too that you're not just going to get to know the players – but get to know the coaching staff as well. And it'll be interesting because the the experience, you know, is really – I mean, I, I just think it'll be interesting throughout the whole season. This is not like a training camp preseason game deal. This is all season having cameras in your face and in the meeting rooms, and it's going to show everything. Well, and, and we get a chance to talk to Vance every Thursday during the season, and, and he's fascinating. I mean, he'll tell you we got to stop him on first and second down. Sean Coogler has got personality. I mean, you look at the defensive backs coaches and Marcus Robinson and Greg Williams, uh, Billy Davis, Charlie Bolin, um, the new defensive line coach. So it'd be interesting to see those personalities where we, we only see them when they're working, so to speak. You know, and so – but that's that's what it's about. It's a you know we all know the top names. It's about finding stories, and and they do a great job with that. They that over the years they've done a good job with that. And J.J. Watt was on there in 2015, and I still remember when he was on there. What do you remember? Just some of his um, his workouts, like we see it every day now. You know this guy's he's an animal out there. Um, just how he approaches things. There's like no days off. We saw that at OTAs today. I mean, the the <laughs> defensive line drills, he was going 100%. It felt like we were back at practice in the middle of October, yeah. the way J.J. Watt was practicing today. And and, and I asked him a few weeks ago, because I give him a ton of credit playing in that game. Obviously, you know, you were hoping he'd give us a, uh, a spark, but he was here every – he was actually here the next day working out, and he told me he's officially healthy. He looks in great shape. So – they're going to need him uh, on the field, let alone in the locker room. But, yeah, I mean, see, when I watch him and Zach Ertz practice and Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, if I'm, if I'm anybody on the fringe, I'm like, look at the work they're putting in. i got to do that. You know, 
I know it's hot out there. And it's, it's really, it's, it becomes more mental. Like I've done this drill a hundred times. I got to do it a hundred times more times. And so you, and then you, and then for some of these guys that are running fourth or fifth string, you don't get as many opportunities. So when you're in there, you feel the pressure that you, you know, but I asked Zach what it was like him being a rookie, and he had really good tight ends there and, and Brent Selleck and James Casey. Um, but he said, just play fast. I mean, the problem is these guys are learning, and it'd be, hopefully it becomes muscle memory, but they're afraid to make a mistake because – There's so much on the line. You want to make the team. Yeah. And so – but once you – like we saw Isaiah Simmons slow down last year. We saw Zach Allen make a jump. We saw Byron Murphy in the first half. Once the game slows down for you, you can play faster and you're more comfortable. Play play the way you play. Be yourself. When you're when you're thinking, you're going to hurt the team because you're not you're not sure what you're supposed to do, and that's what these these offseason workouts are for. Kingsbury said in his presser that there was a rookie who said to him, "I thought I knew what the NFL would be like getting here at six in the morning in the hot tub, starting my morning, getting ready for workouts." But then I see J.J. Watt at 6 in the morning has already worked out, showered, and done his recovery and is done for the day. So <laughs> his work ethic is unmatched. Well, and when it comes to these rookies, I mean, there's no rule. See, veterans, I don't think you can keep them here four hours because of the uh, the CBA. I, I leave the building 4.30, quarter to 5, and I see these rookies. They're, they, they, they're getting uh, bussed over in a van, and it's like 4.45, and they're under a tree because they're trying to stay in the shade. And they get on this nice bus and they take them to the hotel. And it's it's a job. All day. You, you're, you're not on scholarship anymore. See, the veterans, four hours, good to go. When they get there, they, they'll have benefited from it. But, but the rookies, they can keep me here to like, you know, it's not like you're trying to, you know, overwork them. It's just, this is your craft. You, you want to make sure you're prepared every single day you go in that meeting when, when if they ask you a question. And so it takes time, but... Uh, I'm sure they, when they go back to that hotel room, they're drinking a lot of water, looking at that playbook, probably not playing video games because that's, that wake-up call it comes very early. And it's not like you can hit the snooze button because this is you got to be on time here. This, this is about being a pro. And Buda Baker mentioned that today as well in his presser, that for these rookies, it's it's about helping them now at this point in the offseason because by the time you get to training camp, it is much harder for you to earn a spot if you haven't already earned one already, and there is no excuse to not know any of the plays or what you're seeing on the field. That's a great observation because he said you know, we, we get coached up, we do reps, and you get to camp and you don't know if it's an over and under on, on, on the defensive line. He said that's on you. So, And, and it's not easy. And, and, you know, we can sit here and look at their 40 times and how, how big and fast they are. There's two things that's tough for general managers. What's between the ears? Okay, can you retain information? Can you can you play faster? And then what's in the heart? Am I motivated to be in the NFL or I want to be great? And there's a difference. And you can do all the research you can. And I think a lot of these guys want to be great that are on the Arizona Cardinals. You could say that about a lot of teams. But some guys, you know, it's, it's a job for them. And they're in the wrong profession. Uh, real quick before we wrap this up, anything specific stand out to you from today? Anything that? Yeah, I want to make a clarification because Antonio Hamilton is now wearing um, – 33, which he wore last year. So the guy I was referring to is Christian Blake. He's wearing 39 offense. They have two 39s, Jace Whitaker. He's 6'1", 181. He's 25 years old, northern Illinois. And to me, he stood out in the rookie minicamp. And then the uh, undrafted quarterback, um, number 16. Jarrett G. Uh, it's a long last name, right? Gar- 
Ranto? I'm, I'm probably screwing up. This guy, he has an arm. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing him because we got a chance to see a lot of Trace McSorley today in Colt McCoy. We're going to see Trace McSorley in every preseason game. And then we're going to see this young he, – he went to Tennessee for four years, okay, and then he went to Washington State. He had a knee injury. But, man, when they, they had two uh, tryout quarterbacks, and when Kyler got here, Brett Hundley was on the roster, and I'm just like, okay, Brett Hundley's a veteran. And watching Kyler throw the ball is like night and day. Like the ball comes out. This this young man, I mean, who knows? Worst-case scenario, practice squad, and then he can run the scout team more when the Cardinals are playing a mobile quarterback – but eventually, you like to get that that similar skill set to Kyler to be the backup in the future. Right. But, but Colt McCoy has been a huge addition for Kyler Murray. But again, we're going to see a lot of these guys in the preseason, and, and I don't think we're going to see a lot of the, the veterans in the preseason. Well, the most exciting part of OTAs is that we get real football, and we are inching closer and closer to that home opener, the season opener for the Arizona Cardinals at State Farm Stadium hosting Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Buddha was excited about Buda always says it's one week at a time. So he said right now he's just focused on week one against the Chiefs, and it's Patrick Mahomes. So you're going to need a lot of time to get ready for the Chiefs. And I remember they played him in Kansas City, and they lost that game. I was hoping he would go like – I'm like, you get the AFC West in back-to-back weeks. No, he's he's like Chase last year, one game at a time. And I hope that's the approach because they cannot have that tailspin at the end of the season again. Hopefully they are, they uh, eat it and they earn it and they, li- and they learn by it. OTA coverage, coverage throughout the rest of the week, throughout of the throughout the rest of the offseason, of course, all on azcardinals.com. Thanks so much for listening to Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to do it for us today. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Danny Sarek. We will talk to you all soon. <laughs>